0: Welcome to today's podcast as we continue in this series questions all summer long question today coming from mark chapter 1 verses 35 to 38 Why did jesus pray hello there and welcome to the believers church podcast a podcast about real people real problems and real answers Podcasting from the beautiful east tennessee mountains. Here's your host pastor mike friday The fact is, the Son of God prayed. I mean, he just left heaven. Heaven was his creation. Now, I've heard pastors say, well, maybe Jesus was just modeling something. Well, it was certainly an example to follow, but I suspect something greater was working here than just being a model for us. I think Jesus was showing us that when we pray, we're tapping into something much greater than ourselves. You know, we can go through life in our own strength, doing it our own way, and be good people. Or I can tap into this supernatural source of power and do things through his strength and his abilities that I've never dreamed or imagined. The single most indicator of how I'm doing in my walk with God is by how much I long to be with Jesus in prayer. Would you just self-evaluate for a moment? I mean, what are the indicators for me as a follower of Jesus of how to tell how well I'm doing in my walk with him. I think it's how much I long to be with him in prayer. I mean, we all get busy, don't we? We find ourselves not spending the time that we should in prayer, like maybe we did in years past. But I do know this, when I'm alone with the Lord or even praying here with you on this podcast or with the people at church, I'm a better man than when I'm not. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a better grandfather, I'm a better friend, I'm a better pastor, just I'm a better man, period. You know, we might think that Jesus, since he is the son of God, did not really need to pray. I mean, Jesus knows everything and has all powers, so why would he need to pray? Well, listen, I'm going to tell you, Jesus prayed because he loved and needed his father. He prayed to have communion with the father. So if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? Now, not only did Jesus pray, but I want to talk about how Jesus prayed and why we also need to make prayer a priority in our own lives. So in Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 35, it says very early in the morning. Now, just stop right there. You know, Sundays, I get up pretty early, get uh, into the office, pray, think, expect, and look over things and print things. But do you, do you remember, parents, when your kids got older and began to sleep a little bit later, how big a blessing that was? I mean, probably the only morning that your family can sleep in is Saturday morning, right? It says, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. Jesus got up. Now, I want you to see the humanity of Jesus here, at verse 35, where it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, and it says, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus prayed, fully God, fully man, and he prayed, and he left the house. Some of you maybe need to leave some places in your life and get alone with God. Wherever that place is, verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him. They're like, where is he? They looked in his bed. He's not here. Well, maybe the rapture happened. No, I don't. Verse 37, and when they found him, it says they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you exclaimed, meaning they yelled. I don't know about you, but the only thing worse than getting up early is somebody talking really loud in the morning. And the thing is, they don't care, right? Verse 37, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. In other words, they kind of exaggerated here a bit and they alarmed him. And then in verse 38, Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also, because that is why I have come. Jesus was talking primarily to Roman audience here. So maybe you've never heard about Jesus, and you just stumbled upon this podcast, and we're talking about Jesus. I would just say to you, you know, Mark, this this book of Mark in the New Testament was written to Romans and Greeks who were hearing the story of Jesus for the first time, and Mark went out to the outer colonies, of outer Israel, and shared the story. Mark was the first gospel ever written, the first one to tell the story of Jesus to the people who had never heard about Jesus. And maybe that's you today. You never heard the story of Jesus. I pray today that you would hear about Jesus and how he prayed for you and would desire for you to follow him. Or maybe you're listening to the podcast and you've been following Jesus a really long time and that this message, I pray, would somehow just awaken our hearts, to draw us near to him, to come back to the Lord in prayer. You know, the thing that fascinated the disciples the most, it wasn't the miracles or walking on the water, or raising the dead, healing the sick. That must have been something else to, to to see and experience. But what I find is that the disciples were fascinated with how Jesus prayed. Well, what did the disciples ask Jesus? As they heard him pray, they said, Master, Jesus, would you teach us to pray the way that you pray? Now, these were Jewish people they were praying people. They grew up knowing what prayer was, but no one had heard this type of prayer the way that Jesus was praying. So I want to give you three things. Three things here. I learned them all the way back in, in seminary. You've probably heard them over and over and over again. Instructor taught these, but very simple. Number one, prayer must be a priority. I mean, it can't be something that we have haphazardly or, or something that we just stumble on every day. Jesus knowing that he had a short amount of time made prayer a personal priority. Prayer costs Jesus something, folks. You know, priority, when you think about a priority, you have to give up something to get something. Lord, it means pushing aside the things that mean little so that you can do the things that mean the most. So prayer is a priority. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time God inconvenienced you? Now, I'm not interested in making anybody here guilty about praying because that's not going to motivate you for long term. What I'm trying to show you is that when we make prayer a priority, the little gods begin to get replaced with the big G gods in our lives. But what will it cost us to make prayer a priority? You know, anytime we make something a priority, something else will have to be sacrificed. So in order to spend time with God in prayer, we may have to sacrifice something simple like leisure time, or we may have to sacrifice sleep as Jesus did, right? We have to disconnect. People say, Just wish I had more time to pray. Well, we got plenty of time to Facebook, right? Should I pray twelve times a day, or you know, just pray, right? Be, um, be be prioritizing your life around prayer, because there's always going to be things that come in your life. There's always going to be things that take the place, try to take the place of God and time with God. We call them idols, right? Prayer is a priority, not a duty. By the way. And it's out of love for Jesus that we should want to pray. Number two, prayer prepares us for the craziness of the day. We all have days like this, parents, work, finances. There's going to be the interruptions in our day. We get caught up with a plan, and it soon gets interrupted. But prayer prepares us for the craziness of the day by reminding us that the Lord is God and that he is in control. And once we've spent time in communion with the one who is sovereign over all things, who made the universe by speaking. We'll be able to trust him with the madness of our day. You see, Jesus, he'd done everything perfectly. he get up early in the morning before it was light. I mean, there's probably eight or nine men sleeping in this little house with him. It's dark. John is probably over there snoring, and Peter's talking in his sleep. But he gets out of the house, and he finds a solitary place. Now, I've heard single moms and only find a quiet time in the bathroom. I think that may be true, right? Yes, it's hard sometimes to find a solitary space, but we're living in this world, folks, and there's 7 billion other people, and so I guarantee you it's going to be hard sometimes. But Jesus understood that he had to unplug, to disconnect, and to make an attempt to get away from the noise in, in his world. So We need to do that also. Number three, prayer. Clears the haze from our lives. We all wake up in a fog, don't we? Not sure how many of you just kind of bounce out of bed in the morning. You know, we've got two dogs. One is um, a little miniature Dotson, the other one's a short legged pug. Sadie is the Dotson, and Big T is the pug. And Sadie, when you go open her crate for her of a morning, just kind of mopes around and stretches. And, you know, oh, is, it, is it time to get up? The big T, the little pug over there, I mean, he is banging on the door to get out running wide open. Some people just have, we're different of a of, of morning, right? How many of you have ever taken NyQuil? I mean, that stuff will mess up your mornings. It should be on the bottle somewhere. This will mess up your mornings. But most of us, we just wake up needing our heads to be cleared. In verse 38, Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Do you notice that Jesus didn't say, Hey, let's go change the world. Now, don't most people give up on being world changers as an ambition? Seven billion, 7 billion people, that's, I mean, with a lot of problems. Uh, I mean, that's a great idea to have. But honestly, when we begin to think about that and evaluate what that means, 99%, 99% of people give up on that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't go to the othermost parts of the world and preach the gospel. That's not what I'm saying here at all. But maybe there's a Bigger thing to say. And I heard this all the way back in seminary. And he goes like this What if Jesus was praying big prayers for smaller spaces? You see, I believe God wants us to pray bigger prayers for smaller spaces. Notice Jesus didn't say, at this time at least, let's go save Jerusalem. He didn't say that. Or let's go save all of Judea today. No, Jesus tells them, He's like, hey, hey, guys, come here. You see that village right over there? Let's go over there because that's what I'm called to do today. You know, many times we give up on doing anything for God because we can't do the big thing for God. Maybe God wants us to do something smaller and pray big prayers for smaller spaces. And I know a lot of times people are like, well, if I can't be on the stage at church, then I'm not going to serve anywhere. And I'm like, maybe if you were praying, sir ma'am, the Lord praying this prayer, Lord, where can I join you today at Believer's Church or in my life? He would show you that the biggest place just might be with the children. I've heard there's a lot of cute kids around there and they will definitely keep you hopping. But maybe today we're not supposed to change the world. Maybe today we're supposed to change our world. Maybe what this daily prayer is supposed to do it's to awaken our hearts as to what God is doing right now in our world. You see, every day you should pray this prayer. I mean, it will change your life. Trust me. And it's simply just ask God a question. It's like, what is God doing in my world today and how can I join him? In the world where you've put me, God, with the people around me, in this county, in this subdivision, in this church, Father in heaven, what are you doing today? What are you doing? You see, that's why we pray big prayers for smaller spaces. Our students meet on Wednesday night here at Believers Church and they're meeting in kind of a medium-sized room and they've really been growing and by numbers and hopefully in their walk with the Lord. I walked in there the other night and it was kind of before everything started and there was a ball come whizzing by my head and it was really crowded and, and, and they're kind of bumping into each other. I was like, this is kind of a dangerous place and Then I come in here this past Wednesday night, and the students are meeting in our worship area. I mean, it's not huge, but it's definitely three times, if not more, than the size of the other room they were meeting. in. And I had a lot of thoughts, and I'm like, you know, this space is so much more expensive, God. It's going to be harder to heat and cool it. And and I'm thinking, why not not just stay where we can heat and cool it? But the joy of the Lord just kind of rushed in and and I was back there kind of helping them out with the sound system the last Wednesday night. I was watching these students worship and hear from God, the one true God who would change their lives forever. But I'm, and I'm starting to think, you know, paying for the heat and air, it's no problem from God. It's no problem for God. When his people are faithful and given, it's not. He will do it. So we're praying big prayers for smaller spaces. And we'll look back 20 years from now and see that the world has was changed because we were obedient just right here. Can you imagine all of us if all of us would ask this question, What are you what are you doing today, God? How can I cooperate? And we begin to pray giant prayers for smaller spaces. And we wake up one day and the footprint of Jesus is all over the county and the state and the planet. Um several years ago, matter of fact, about six years ago, we were having to move the space From where we were meeting as a new church. And uh, it's kind of that way for the first, sometimes 20, 25 years of a church, they have to move around quite a bit until they can become grounded um, and have that permanent space. But we were having to move for a specific reason. And uh, I began to look for other places that our church could meet. And the time was coming up closer and closer when we had to be out. And we were just almost homeless as a church at this time. I literally would drive hundreds of miles a day sometimes in my black Chevy truck searching for a place for us to gather. I would check it out and I would come back and I'd set my truck and I'd pray, okay, God, is this, is this the place? And most of the places were too small and would make it very difficult to have even children's ministry. But God just continued to shut doors. Every place I looked, it seemed like he was shutting doors. We were right up against the town of moving out of our last place. You see, the problem was my vision was too small for what God had in mind. I drove by the current building one day, and it said twenty thousand square feet for lease. And I'm like, no way, God! There's a twenty thousand square feet. We could, number one, we couldn't afford it. Number two, we can't fill it up with people right now. I finally got up enough nerve to ask if we could just see inside this huge building. And the rent there was going to be five thousand. So I knew that was going to be extremely difficult. We could not possibly pull out that off. Then God began to show me how he could take a big space and make it smaller. And I asked the owners about building a wall right down the middle and leasing just half of the building, 10,000 square feet. And this was all about faith and not knowing how we would even pay for that lease or if we could even do it. How would we get the money to build it out? How would we get the money to, to, you know what I'm talking about. How are we going to do this, God? But I want you to know. That when God has a plan, and we are praying big prayers for smaller spaces, He's always on time with all the resources that you're going to need to accomplish. And that's what it means to pray bigger prayers for smaller spaces. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to pray. If you don't know Jesus, go to believerschurch.tv. Click on the link that says, Know God. Let us know about your decision to trust Jesus Christ. Thank you, as always. Pastor Mike here. Thanks for listening to the Believer's Church Podcast. Visit us online at www.believerschurch.tv Facebook.com slash believerschurch.tv Follow Pastor Mike at twitter.com slash mikefriday and instagram.com slash mfreallife Check out the other podcasts all about life and the world. Until next time, keep it real and come on!